Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. This program is sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries. Have you ever heard of the word crucifiers? How about attackers or assailants? Crucifiers are people who come at you with all guns blazing, trying to shoot down your idea, your confidence, and sometimes even your faith. If you'd like an example of what a crucifier is, go to Calvary and see who put Jesus on the cross. Dr. Jennings, who joins us via Skype, says they can be identified because they often use certain methods for doing their dirty work. What are those methods? Let's find out. Dr. Jennings, the time is yours. Yeah, Charles, this is an interesting object lesson we find from the life of Christ. You know, Christ's kingdom is the kingdom of truth. Yes. Truth and love. Satan is the father of lies. And these two kingdoms or methods, truth and love versus lies and fear and selfishness, are antagonistic to each other. And people who identify with the kingdom of lies, they don't value truth and they don't want truth to be explored. And so they have developed methods of obscuring and diverting the minds of people away from truth or attacking those who are advancing truth. Of course, Christ was the truth lived out in human flesh uh, 2,000 years ago. And if we look at his life as recorded in the Gospels, we see that he was attacked with certain methods repeatedly to try to undermine the shining truth that he was revealing to the world. As we approach the second coming of Christ, those who advance the truth as Christ did will come under a similar attack, and we may even be tempted ourselves to use some of those methods. And if you're wanting to try to identify who is working for the kingdom of God and who's working for the kingdom of God's enemy, identify these methods as we go through them and look into the world today and see who's using these methods, because Christ's disciples don't use the methods of God's enemy. So looking in scripture, we're going to look and I'm going to tell you a method and I'm going to read you some Bible texts, show you how those methods are used against Christ. First method. Mm -hmm. Name-calling and character assassination. Oh, Name-calling and character assassination. In Matthew 12, 24, it says, But when the Pharisees heard this, they said, It is only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, that this fellow drives out other demons. John 7, 22. You are demon-possessed, the crowd answered as they were speaking to Christ, calling him names and alleging that, of course, he is working with evil forces. In John 8, 48, the Jews answered him, aren't we right to say that you're a Samaritan and demon-possessed? So racial slurs and allegations of demonic activity. And then the Jews exclaimed, now we know that you are demon-possessed in John 8, 52. So first, name-calling and character assassination. And as, as we're going through these, I'm going to just show you that these methods are used against Christ. I want our listeners to be thinking, do I see that happening in the world, in the news? Do I see people name-calling and character assassination? Hmm, I wonder what that means. And, and every one of these as we go through, you will see these methods being employed. Here's the next one. Accusing the righteous of the evil that they are actually doing. Matthew 26, verse 65 and 66. It says, Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, He has spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any more witnesses? Look, now you have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? 
So the high priest accused Jesus of blasphemy while he was blaspheming himself. Have you seen in the world people doing certain evils like maybe practicing racism, making decisions based on skin color, and then turning around and accusing others who want to make decisions based on one's quality of character or merits as being racist. Isn't it interesting? You can find a lot of this going on. Yes, yes. Twisting words and perjury is the next method of the crucifiers. They'll twist what you said, and then they will lie about it or commit perjury. And Matthew 26, 60 and 61. Finally, two came forward and declared, this fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. Of course, what Jesus said is, if you destroy this temple, and he was speaking of his body, I will raise it up in three days, meaning he will rise from the dead. But they twisted it and made it sound like Jesus was the destroyer, which he wasn't, and that he was talking about a building, which he wasn't. So they perjured themselves and they twisted his words. Do we see today people saying something and then some media group or some pundit will take it and twist it to make it sound like something completely different than what the person intended in order to undermine that person's reputation and character? I see this in the news and headlines all the time. All the time, yes, yes. Next method of the crucifiers. Appeal to expert opinion rather than the truth to intimidate the uneducated. We're reading in John 7, 45 to 49. Finally, the temple guards went back to the chief priests and Pharisees who asked them, why didn't you bring him in? Speaking, why didn't you arrest Christ and bring him in? And the temple guard said, no one ever spoke the way this man does. And the Church leaders, the Pharisees, retorted and said, You mean he has deceived you also? Has any of the rulers or of the Pharisees believed in him? No. This mob that knows nothing of the law, there's a curse on them. (laughs) Okay, so uh, it's our opinion. We're the experts. We know better. It's not the truth. It's our opinion. Have we seen people in certain offices and certain credentials being touted as their opinion being more valuable than the actual evidence or maybe science itself. Yes. Next method of the crucifier, intimidation via sanctions and restriction of freedom and liberty. And so this is a story of a man who was born blind and Jesus healed his blindness and and the leaders didn't want that evidence to be seen. So they're trying to make up a a, a way to twist it into something else. So they brought the boy's parents in and said, "Uh, how is it your son can see? And the parents answered, he's old enough, he's an adult, ask him. We're not going to answer that. And this is why they answered that. This is what the Bible says, John 9, 22. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for already the Jews had decided that anyone who acknowledges that Jesus was the Christ should be put out of the synagogue. Intimidation, sanctions, and restrictions of freedoms. Have we seen groups intimidating, sanctioning, wanting to take away liberties, firing people from their jobs, restricting uh, travel and attendance at school and so forth, if you don't do what they say? Mm-hmm. Rejection, next is rejection. We reject you and mob violence. Um, this is Luke 4, 28 through 30. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town, took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. Have we seen mobs get angry when people speak the truth and want to want to silence them and, and shut them down and drive them away? Here's the next method. Betrayal under the guise of a blessing. Mm-hmm. This is Matthew 26, 49. Judas went straight to Jesus and said, peace be to you, master, and kissed him. 
how many have we seen that said, oh, he's a good fellow, oh, I support him, and then go behind the scenes, maybe even get appointed to the person's staff, and then from inside turn some type of a, a false allegation to undermine the person's position or authority? Have we seen it? I've seen it. Yes, yes. Next one, shouting down voices of truth to silence, intimidate, and incite riots. Now, this is an interesting story. This is in Acts 19, 28 to 34. And Paul and his friends were evangelizing and taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to Ephesus. And in Ephesus, they, they worshiped a god, Artemis. The people got very upset when they were promoting Jesus. And this is what we read. When they heard this, they were furious and began shouting, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Soon the whole city was in an uproar. The people seized Gaius and uh, Aristarchus, Paul's traveling companions from Macedonia, and rushed as one man into the theater. Paul wanted to appear before the crowd, but the disciples would not let him. Even some of the officials in the province, friends of Paul, sent him a message begging him not to venture into the theater. The assembly was in confusion. Some were shouting one thing, others another. Most of the people did not even know they were there. The Jews pushed Alexander to the front, and some of the crowd shouted instructions to him. He motioned for silence in order to make defense for his people. But when they realized he was a Jew... They all shouted in unison for about two hours. Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Wow. <laughs> Notice. What a mess. <laughs> notice a riot and people chanting, chanting, chanting for hours, and they won't let somebody speak. Have you seen on college campuses when certain voices try to present a rational, evidence-based presentation, yeah. the emotional, irrational people based on a view that can't hold up to the truth just begin shouting and shouting and chanting and chanting to silence because they don't want to hear the truth? My. And then here's another method of the crucifiers, mocking and physical abuse. Mark 15, 17 through 20. He says, they put a purple robe on him and twisted a crown of thorns and set on him. And they began to call out to him, hail, king of the Jews. And again and again, they struck him on the head with a staff and spit on him. Falling on their knees, they paid him homage. And, and when they mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put on the, his own clothes. They let him out to crucify him. Have we seen people mocked and made fun of and ridiculed and made to look stupid by the attacks of those who don't want to engage in a truthful dialogue? And then the last one we'll talk about is Acts 7, 57 through 60, refusing to listen and murdering voices of truth. This is when Stephen had just given his powerful sermon. And notice how the, the leaders responded to the sermon of truth given by Stephen. And this is from Acts 7. At this, they covered their ears and yelled at the top of their voices. They all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Imagine, here they are. Do you see people covering their ears, making noise, yelling, doing anything to avoid? Do you see it in the media? Do you see media censorship? Do you see them covering the, the outlets of information so that the truth can't be disseminated and heard and making all types of diversionary noises to distract people's attention so they can't hear the truth? Do you see the methods being employed today? Oh. Dr. Jennings, I'm depressed. Give me some hope here. You've just described our world to a T. What are we supposed to do with this? 
Well, that's because the, all the kingdoms of the world are Satan's, and Satan is using his forces. And the reason, why did all, all of these events transpire that I just read about 2,000 years ago? Why was there such agitation? Why was the devil working so hard to get his people to use these methods? Because the truth was breaking through long, long-held traditions, and minds are being set free. And so while these methods are being employed, they're being employed so aggressively because the truth is so potent at this time in history for all those who have an ear to hear and an eye to see and a heart to pursue the truth. The truth is there to set them free. We're approaching the second coming of Christ, yes. and the final message of mercy is going out like never before, and those who hate truth are becoming more and more agitated to try and stop it. And so the discerning Christian and any human being actually should step back and recognize the methods being employed. And when you see these methods being employed by groups, and, and if you have a discerning eye, you notice I didn't name any people right, and I didn't right. name any organizations, yeah. but just looking at the methods, it becomes quite clear which parties and which groups are on the side of obscuring truth and don't want to have openness and pursue truth. We should remove ourselves from loyalty and support of such organizations that use these methods. Wow. Comeandreason.com is the website. Listener, you can listen to this program again. It's the podcast there. This program is called Beware the Methods of the Crucifiers. You might want to share it with some friends or a church group or anyone who is searching, any mind who is opening up to that truth that Dr. Jennings is talking about. It's almost good news when you put it that way, Dr. Jennings, that this pushback is happening so strongly and so obviously. Christ's life gave us this wonderful example of what is going to happen today, and it is happening, and I praise God that we now know that we can rest assured that truth is breaking through, like you say, and Jesus is coming soon, and that's good news, Dr. Jennings. Thank you very much. Comeandreason.com. Well, our time has flown by, Dr. Jennings, as always. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. Appreciate it. Thank you, Charles. This program is sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. <music>